Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46. So turn there this morning. We want to talk for just a few moments, and I want to share with you from God's Word about a rock of refuge in the time of need. Uh, Masada is an ancient stronghold built on a rocky plateau high above the surrounding landscape. You've probably seen images or pictures of this. Though Herod built a fortress there as a testimony to his own power, it is mostly remembered as a symbol of the Jewish desire for freedom. Uh, Israeli soldiers take an oath still today, and it says this, Masada shall not fall again. And every time they take that oath, they are reminded of their commitment to defend. According to first century historian Josephus, there were 960 Jews committed suicide there. In AD 73, rather than to succumb to the slavery and the savagery of the Romans. Now, while that incident is not recorded in the Bible, Josephus is a very reliable historian. The mountains and others like it are an object of many of the scriptural writings as an image of a stronghold, a place of security and safety and protection. Psalm 46 speaks of just such a stronghold. It falls into three categories, or or three stanzas, if you would, three sections. And the three sections, one of them is in relationship to God's protection, God's provision in, in the midst of natural disaster. The second section refers to God's protection, God's provision, His safety and security, In the middle of of a a national distress or or difficulty. And then the third section combines the two together and gives a final call to God's protection, God's provision, His safety and security. And so I want us to look at each of those sections today, looking back over the time of this last year or so in our nation at the natural disasters and the things that we face and, and the possibility of those again in the future. Looking at the national unrest and difficulties that we're facing today and see what we can learn from, from this text that can help us to have confidence in God, in His provision, His protection, His security in the midst of these challenging times. So let's look at the first stanza, beginning in verse 1. It reads as follows. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, that's just an encouraging verse, isn't it? God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, notice that. I always say, if you see the word therefore, ask yourself the question, what's it there for? What's it saying? It says, well, based off what I've just said, God being our refuge, God being our our strength, God being our protection, therefore, we will not fear. 
because of God is who He says He is, and He will do what He says He will do. Because He is our refuge and our strength, because He is a present help in troubled times. It says we will not fear because of that. And so fear is removed from the equation because of who God is and because of the power that He possesses. Now listen to what it says. Though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake as it is, it, it, at, at its swelling pride, he says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. So he's talking about natural disasters. He's talking about the earth changing and the mountains and the sea and the rumbling of the earth. And he says, even though these things happen, we won't be afraid. We won't fear these things because of the power and the presence of God. Because He is our refuge, because He is our strength, because He is the help in the very troubled times in our life. Two things I want us to learn about that. The first one is this. God is the protection and the power for those who will put their trust in Him. We have to trust Him. We have to believe that He is who He says He is. He will do what He says He will do. And He is our protector, our refuge, our strength, our help in the midst of troubled times. There's a story that's told of a guy. And there were floodwaters around his home. The water was getting closer and closer and closer. And so one of those big lifted trucks came outside of his home, was able to get through the water at that point in time, and they came and, and said, hey, water's rising, it's going to keep rising, you, you need to get in and, and you need to go with us. And he said, oh, no, no, no. He said, I'm, I'm praying to the Lord, I'm, I'm believing and trusting in the Lord, and He will, will deliver me, He'll take care of me. So they go on. Well, the water can, can, continues to get deeper and deeper, and, and uh, he's had to move to the second story, uh, and uh, he's looking out the window, and a boat comes. The boat pulls up and says, hey, you know, you need to get in. We, it's the only way you're going to get out of here. The water is just everywhere, you know. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, I'm a believer. I have faith in God. I'm praying. I'm trusting that he is, is going to deliver me. Finally, the water continues to rise. He's on the roof of the house. And a helicopter comes and hovers above, and lights on and everything. And they say, hey, we're going to drop a rope down. We need you to come up. And he says, oh, no, no, no. He said, I'm praying. I'm trusting the Lord provide. He, he's going to deliver me. Everything's going to be okay. Well, the floodwaters continue to rise. And eventually the man drowns. And he goes to heaven. And he's standing in heaven. And he said, you know, God, he said, I, I, I believe in you. I, I had faith in you that you were going to deliver and and that everything was going to be okay, and, and that didn't happen. And God looks at him and says, I said, a truck, a boat, and a helicopter, and you didn't get in any of them, right? Sometimes how we look at God and our expectation for Him to deliver us is, is different than what He chooses, how He chooses to deliver us. Sometimes we look and we think, well, I expect Him to do this. Or I expect him to do that. Or I expect him to help in this way or that way. And, and what he says is, you just have to trust me. You have to put your trust in me. And you have to, even though it's not some grand thing, even though it's some not miraculous thing, I, I, I may choose to help you. I may choose to give you safety and security in, in a way that to you seems very unlikely. But, but he is our help if we will put our trust in him.
natural, the second thing is this, natural disasters are never a reason to doubt the existence and the care of God. In the midst of natural disasters, when things begin to happen, the the horrible fires that we've seen and people have lost their homes and their businesses and and, and all sorts of things, it's easy sometimes to, to cry out, why God? Or is there even a God? If there really was a God, He wouldn't allow these horrible things to happen. He he wouldn't allow these things to take place. And it's easy sometimes to allow ourselves to slip into the idea of of being convinced that that God isn't who He says He is. And and He won't do what He says He will do. He's not protected us. He's not provided for us. He's not helped us to escape the troubled times in our life. And we have to understand that we should never doubt God and who He is, but always put our trust in Him and believe in Him. Look at the second section. It says this, God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her. When morning dawns, the nations may uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised His voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Again, so he begins to talk about nations. And notice what he says uh, as we read through that. He says, God is in the midst of her. Uh, She will not be moved. God will help her. When morning dawns, the nations made an uproar. There's a conflict going on here. There's an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. In other words, things are unstable. Things aren't as they should be. There's a national crisis that is taking place. And as a national crisis is taking place, the nations are tottering. There's an uproar that's, that's happening. And he says, He raised His voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. I think about the presence of God is the secret of safety. While others are all around us wringing their hands and, and, and they're looking to all other sources to help them, they're looking for something else to give them security or, or help or hope in their life, in, in the midst of the raging storm, when the disciples were in the boat and, and Jesus was asleep and, and they said, you know, we, we think we're going to die. The things were so bad, they thought death was imminent for them. And yet, when they wake Jesus up, what does Jesus do? Jesus says, why do you have such little faith? Peace, be still. And everything was at peace. Just trusting in Him. Just believing in Him that He is the one who brings peace. And in the midst of the storm, when everything seemed helpless and hopeless, uh, when it seems that there is no future, it, it seems that there is nothing before us, then we simply have to trust in Him. We have to believe that He will bring peace and that He will provide. Will you allow Him to bring peace to you? If there's turmoil, if there's difficulty, if there's challenges right now, will you look at Him and say, I I don't see any way out of this, but I'm going to trust you. And allow Him to say to you and to your heart and to your life, Peace, be still, and everything be at peace. While God might not help immediately, He will help ultimately. 
I think about that. Sometimes we want his deliverance. We want his help. We want his security. We want his hope. We want his protection on our terms. And it isn't always on our terms. God may not help immediately, but he will help ultimately. He may not solve the problem the way we envisioned it or the way we think it should happen, but he will solve the problem. I think about Daniel. God did not stop Daniel from being in the lion's den. But once he was in the lion's den, he did shut the mouth of the lions. So, so he didn't deliver him in the idea of, well, why, why let him end up in that situation? He ended up there. But God said, I've got a different plan. There's a way that I will protect you. He shut the mouths of the lions to protect Daniel in the midst of the lion's den. I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He he didn't prevent them from being thrown into the fiery furnace. They were put in the furnace. They were put in the midst of the fire. A fire that was so intense and so hot and so great that those who put them in fell back and fainted from the heat. He didn't stop them from being put in the fire. But once they were in the fire, he protected them. And that, that when they came out of the fire, the Scripture says their clothes didn't, didn't even smell like smoke. That, that you couldn't even tell they'd ever been in the fire. You see, he, he may not deliver immediately, but he will deliver ultimately. He, he didn't keep them from the lions. Then he didn't keep them from the fire, but he did keep them from harm and he protected them. Listen, we, we may be entering into the lion's den. We, we may be entering into the fiery furnace. But don't expect that God will immediately deliver and that everything will be okay. We may have to be in the furnace. We may have to be in the lion's den. But we have to keep trusting God. Even if we find ourselves in that situation, we have to keep trusting God and know that He will provide, He will protect, and He will ultimately deliver in our lives third stanza it says come behold the works of the lord who has wrought desolations in the earth he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two he burns the chariots with fire cease striving I love that some translations say be still cease striving be still Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. A stronghold in difficult times. God's provision and God's protection. Notice that is this section. He goes back and talks again about some of the natural disasters. He goes back and talks again about some national unrest. He talks about wars and he talks about the bow and the spear and the chariots and, and all of these things. And then he comes to this point and he says, listen, here's what I want you to know and understand. Here, here's what I want you to really experience in your life. Be still. Stop striving to solve all of the issues yourself. Know that I am God. He says, trust me. Put your belief in me. Put your faith in me. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Notice both things. Natural disaster, national unrest. He he addresses both of those. 
I'll be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. And he says, the God of Jacob is our stronghold. It's, it's not a fort or a fortress on a mountaintop. It's not some secure bunker deep inside of some mountain. Or it's not anything in between. He says, the God of Jacob is our stronghold. He is our strength. He is our hope. The God is, is all-powerful over nations and nature. That He is all-powerful over all of those things that we've talked about today. That He alone is to be worshipped and exalted and lifted up in our hearts as the provider and protector of our lives. That we're to trust Him. We're to put our faith in Him. We're to believe that He will deliver when He is ready to deliver. And until that moment, we simply trust Him. We put our faith in Him. And we believe that He is who He says He is. He will do what He says He will do in the natural things of this world, in the national unrest in this world, that God is in the midst of it. That He is all-powerful and He is in control and He is sovereign. And nothing happens that God is not in control of. Now, I understand. We look around and we go, boy, there's a lot of things in this world that doesn't seem like God's in control of. I get that. Because people are sinful. People choose things. You think all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You think, well, there's just two people. <laughs> just Adam and Eve. Surely God was in control, right? But even then, they had free will to choose the things that they would do, the directions that they would take. And so in the midst of that, just two people. God had created it all. He had to be in control. And yet He created us with a free will. And even at that moment, when Eve chose to listen to the serpent, when, he gave, when she gave the apple to Adam and he chose to eat, they were making decisions. God was in control. But the decisions that they made did not look like he was in control. The decisions that they made went actually completely diabolically opposed to what God had instructed them to do. Yet he was still in control. We look around the world today and, and there's a lot of things that we see and we, we scratch our head and we, we shake our head and, and, and it doesn't seem that God's in control. But listen, He gives us, He gives everyone the ability, the free will to make choices. And things are chosen and directions are taken and, and decisions that are made that, that are just diabolically, completely opposite of what God instructs and intends. That does not mean that He's not in control. That doesn't mean that He's lost control. In fact, we must understand that God is completely in control. And that He is all-powerful. And that He is sovereign. And that He is on His throne. And His will will be done. The only question is this. Will we choose to be a part of it? Will we choose to remain faithful and to follow Him and trust Him completely? No matter what goes on around us each and every day. Well, this morning we're going to offer an invitation here. And this invitation, as always, is a time for us 